God knows everything about you, your darkest thoughts and deepest prayers, your public actions and your private attitudes. How does that impact your life? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah takes a closer look at God's omniscience and how believers can embrace it for a closer walk with Him. From The God You May Not Know, here's David with the conclusion of Knowing an All-Knowing God. And thank you so much for joining us. In the middle of the week, we continue our discussion of the attributes of God, the God you may not know. And you may say, well, why are we doing this? Why are we studying theology? Well, according to the Bible, God is unsearchable, but he's not unknowable. Uh, Some people say that the greatest question in life is, does God exist? And I think the greatest question in life is, do I know the God who does exist? I do know about him, but do I know him personally? And friends, I want you to know there's not anything more critical to your life right now. Your personality inevitably conforms to your God. When we worship inferior versions, we become like our idols. And when we worship the almighty creator of Scripture, we discover a lifetime of personal growth and praise. So the study of God, as revealed in the Scripture, is the supreme study of a lifetime. It lifts our thoughts, it steadies our nerves, it purifies our motives, it expands our confidence, and it strengthens our influence. I believe it's the greatest subject we could ever study, for God is the apex of all reality. Why study the attributes of God? Well, there's a couple of paragraphs to keep you motivated. Today we're going to talk about a God who knows everything. He knows everything possible and everything uh, that's actual. He knows everything past. He knows everything present. He knows everything in the future. He knows it all as if it were right now. He is the all-knowing God. There's nothing you could ever do that he would not know, and there's nothing you will ever do that he will not find out because he knows everything. It's hard to comprehend. Um, Right now, we've been having a lot of discussion around the office here about um, artificial intelligence and all the stuff that people are doing with it and And yet, it's artificial. God's not artificial. He's the real deal. He knows everything at once. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a moment. Let me just encourage you to get a copy of this book, The God You May Not Know. It is um, 260 pages, and it's the source of everything we've been talking about on the radio. Of course, the source is the Bible, the source is God, but we've systematized it in this book of 12 chapters so that you will have a record of what you've learned about God. I hope you will give us a chance to send this book to you, and you can do that by just sending a gift of any size to help us with the cost of radio and television as it goes out from Turning Point. When you send your gift, be sure and ask for your copy of the book, The God You May Not Know. Well, let's get going here today. Let's finish up what we discussed yesterday. Let's talk about knowing and all-knowing God. When we begin our relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that's when we start to understand and rejoice in God's omniscience, for it's a tremendous encouragement in our daily walk. We enjoy the security of knowing that He knows us, He knows all about us, and He still loves us. His love, his omniscience are infinite, which means he can never know us better or love us less than he does right now. He is an almighty, omniscient God who knows everything about who we are and loves us eternally and infinitely. He could never love us less. He could never love us more because he loves us perfectly, 
in all that we are. Some of us struggle because in our human relationships, love is often performance-based. I will love you if you do such and such, and when we stop doing such and such, we say we don't love them anymore. We hear all kinds of flimsy excuses for relationships breaking up, like not being connected, or I don't feel your love, or whatever. But you never have to worry about that with God. You can count on it. No matter what you did today, God loves you as much as he did yesterday, and he'll love you the same amount tomorrow. He's an all-knowing God, and his love never is changed, no matter. Now, does that mean you should go on doing things that offend him? Absolutely not. Confession, that's the way to get your heart right with God. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. This is a special promise for believers. He knows that you're his, that you belong to him. You're a child of the king. The Bible says in Psalm 1.6, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. And Job testified, he knows the way that I take. God never misunderstands, my friends. There aren't any hidden skeletons in your closet that will deflect his love from you. God already knows you just as you are, and he loves you incredibly. God never takes something the wrong way. You have anybody like that in your life? You probably have a few people that take things the wrong way. God never does that. Sometimes we come across people with a defective view of God. They think of God as a deaf old granddad sitting up in heaven with an ear trumpet trying to make out what's going on down here on the earth. (laughs) They think of him as a crotchety and grumpy and absent-minded old man. And I want to tell you nothing could be further from the truth. God knows you with an endless knowledge and he loves you with an everlasting love. No tailbearer can ever give God more information about you because he already knows it. No enemy can make a false accusation stick against you because God already knows the truth. There is no unsuspected weakness in your character that can be discovered by God and change his attitude toward you because he already knows all those flaws. And with God and with God alone, we are fully transparent and totally intimate. How wonderful to have a friend like that. Where nothing is hidden, to whom we can go again and again, seeking his counsel, confessing our sins, embracing his promises, singing his praises. Remember, when it comes to our flaws, our sins, our imperfections, and our shame, The Lord truly doesn't see that anymore, not when we are in Christ. He makes us whiter than snow. And though he knows everything we have done in disobedience and folly, he also knows we are accepted in the beloved. He knows we have been declared righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. He knows we can stand as holy ones in his sight, and that's why we can approach his throne with confidence and enjoy fellowship with an omniscient God with thanksgiving in our hearts. These get progressively more difficult, not only to understand, but to explain. God's omniscience and our prayers. God's omniscience has much to do with the way we pray. Now listen carefully. The Lord Jesus tells us to approach God in a simple and sincere way and with full assurance that he already knows what we need before we ask him. Listen to this. 
Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And I know it's going through your mind. If God already knows what we need, why do we pray? Isn't it a waste of time to talk to God since he already knows what we need, what we're going to say? Yet God has commanded us to pray, and if we didn't know anything else, that would be enough, wouldn't it? Even if we don't understand all the dynamics we read in the Bible, man, I'd always to pray and not faint. So if God says we should pray, we should pray, even if we don't understand some of the issues involved. But let's talk about this issue. God has commanded us to pray, and when we pray, we're doing exactly what the Lord has told us to do. And have you discovered this? It is often while in prayer that we ourselves begin to realize what we really need. The great goal of prayer isn't getting God to do all the things we want him to do. It's to bring our hearts into the joy of all that he wants us to have. Prayer is how we discover submission to the will of God. We don't pray over our needs to remind God that we have them, but to acknowledge him as the source of all of our provision, to express our confidence in him and to thank him for what he does. God, with perfect knowledge, knows how events will unfold, and his answers to our prayers are aided by his omniscience. He already knows what we need. He helps us grow through prayer to submission to his perfect will. While we're to bring our request to God, we don't have to frantically worry that we're forgetting some unnecessary detail. He knows what we need far better than we do, and prayer is alignment with God. Listen to me. The Bible says that prayer changes. Not so much God, prayer changes us. When we pray and we connect with God in prayer and we earnestly seek his will in our lives, what happens isn't so much that God moves in some way for us. We move toward God, and when you get in sync with God, you're under the spout of blessing, hallelujah. (laughs) Prayer is about keeping in fellowship with God so you stay in alignment with God. And yes, when you do that, God answers prayer. Have you ever wondered why the scripture says If you ask anything according to his will, he will do it. What does that mean? Get in alignment with God and ask anything you want. Because if you're in the will of God, you can be sure he will answer your prayer. You're allowing God and prayer. And then, here's one that has filled a lot of theology books and attempts to answer this question. The omniscience of God and our suffering. Some of you need to listen carefully. God's omniscience comes to bear in our suffering. I mean, occasionally something will happen to us so hurtful that we don't even know how to express it, even to our closest friends. And we long for someone who can understand our souls. And what an encouragement to know that Almighty God is an all-knowing friend who sticks closer than a brother and knows every pulse of our heart. He may not immediately disclose all the solutions to us, but we can rest assured that he has the answers. He knows the solutions. He resolves the difficulties. He keeps his promises. His grace is always sufficient. And most of all, he knows our hearts and our hurts through every trial. We're not omniscient, but God is. 
And in times of uncertainty, we can trust a God who is certain in all things. The Christian life is a life of faith, which is described in Hebrews 11.1 as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? We can paraphrase it this way. Faith is trusting God when the answers have not yet appeared. Sometimes we pray, and it doesn't seem like God is listening. That's when faith goes into purpose. If we know God, we know he's a worthy God who loves us. We've looked at his holiness and his faithfulness, and he never changes, and he's good, and he's powerful, and soon we'll learn that he's loving. We know all of these things about God. So when we don't know what's going on, we have to hang on to the things we do know. And that's when faith happens. We trust in the God we know when we haven't yet been brought up to speed on what he's doing. According to Psalm 147, verse 5, God's understanding is infinite, so he has universal knowledge of every detail of every trial we will ever face. He knows how those trials came about, how many thousands of events unfolded throughout our history to cause them. He knows how many complicated after effects the trials will produce. He knows exactly how many tears they will bring to your eyes, how much hurt they will bring to your heart, how many blessings they will yield as the years go by. He knows the end from the beginning. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. That verse is just not the most famous life verse of God's people. It's the verse that you come to when you've asked God for help and it doesn't seem to be happening the way you thought it would because you're leaning to your own understanding. And the Bible says, don't lean to your own understanding, but trust God, the God you know, the God you're learning to know better. The ways of God are often imponderable. Sometimes we ask questions like this. If God knows everything, both what has happened in the past and what's going to happen in the future, why does he let this happen? That's a reasonable question, but we must make room for God's omniscience. He sees things in their totality. Listen to me. God sees everything all at once. We peer at life through a small crack in the wall. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I'm sure you've had moments like that, frustration that I can't figure out God. I want to figure out everything. I'm just that way. But I can't figure out God. His ways are so high, so far beyond anything that I can comprehend. And when it comes right down to it, we have to confess that God simply has more information than we do. <laughs> and we have to trust him with the margins that exist between our knowledge and his. St. Augustine, the great thinker and theologian, was walking along a beach one day and he was perplexed by the incomprehensible truth of the Trinity. Have you ever tried to meditate on the Trinity? Over this last year, at least a half a dozen people have said, Dr. Jeremiah, when are you going to preach a message on the Trinity? Well, I'm going to postpone it as long as I can. I'm trying to figure it out myself. 
St. Augustine was meditating on the Trinity, and he simply couldn't grasp it. It encourages me so much. And the vast truth of the triune nature of one God who exists eternally in three persons. And he could not fully understand it, and he was tempted to reject it. So he was walking along the shoreline, and he came upon this little boy who was playing on the beach. And as he watched, he saw this little child run to the ocean with a seashell and fill it with water and then return and pour it into a small hole he had dug in the sand. And St. Augustine said to him, what are you doing, my little man? Oh, replied the boy, I'm trying to put the ocean into this hole. (laughs) Augustine smiled at the little boy's faith. Such a task was so impossible even for the greatest of men. And then it suddenly struck him. He was guilty of exactly the same futile act. That is what I'm trying to do with God, he said. Standing on the shores of time, I'm trying to get the infinite things of God into this little finite mind, and it just doesn't work. My friend J.D. Greer wrote these words. He said to state the obvious, God's power is immeasurably greater than mine. I mean, nobody would ever debate that. The God who created the heavens and the earth, his power is greater than mine. How much greater is it? Oh, it doesn't even make sense to compare it. So if the measure of God's wisdom, now listen to this, is as high above mine as his power is above mine, Am I really in a place to evaluate it? Would that make any more sense, said Greer, than challenging God to an arm wrestling match? Do I have the perspective to blow the whistle and call a foul on God? Because he doesn't do what I want him to do when I want him to do it. Elizabeth Elliot used to tell a story when she talked about her pain and human inability to face the heartbreak of suffering She described a scene she'd witnessed when she was visiting friends at their Welsh sheep farm. She said her friends knew sheep are vulnerable to parasites, parasites which could harm them, even kill them, if left untreated. So the shepherd, once a year, took his sheep and gathered them in his arms and submerged them one by one in a vat of insect-killing antiseptic. And they would struggle to climb out the side and the sheepdog would snarl and snap at their faces and force them back under. When they tried to climb up the ramp in a panicky way at the far end, the shepherd would catch them, spin them around, and force them back under again, holding them, ears, eyes, and nose submerged for a few seconds. And as their shepherd was pushing their head under, the sheep's panicky little eyes would look up over the edge of the vat, and it was easy to see what they were thinking. What are you doing? You see, the wise and caring shepherd knew that each terrified sheep could not understand the why behind their seeming drowning experience. He knew they'd not understand, even if he tried to explain. So from love, the wise shepherd chose to do for each sheep what he knew must be done. And Elizabeth Elliot said, I've had some experiences like those sheep in my life. Experiences which have made me feel very sympathetic to those sheep. There are times I couldn't figure out any reason for the treatment I was getting from my great shepherd whom I trusted. And like these sheep, I didn't even have a hint of an explanation. There will be no intellectual satisfaction on this side of heaven to that age-old question, she said. But although I have not found intellectual satisfaction, I have found peace. The answer I say to you is not an explanation but a person, Jesus Christ, 
my love, my Lord, my God, and my shepherd. It is he who was the word before the foundation of the world. It was he who suffered as a lamb slain. It was he who has a lot up his sleeve that you and I haven't the slightest idea about now. He told us enough so that we know that suffering is never for nothing. Our God knows the strength of our suffering. Our God knows the hurt of prosperity. Our God knows the happiness of simplicity and the success that arises from our failures. He knows the end from the beginning. He sees it all at once, eternally, infinitely, and because he knows it all, we can trust him even in the darkest times because he sees how it's all going to end and we don't. He never makes a mistake. He never fails. And if you're in one of those dark and rainy nights, let me just remind you, the final chapter hasn't yet been written. We have an all-knowing God, my friends. And because he is omniscient, we should be quick to confess our sin, which he already knows. We should be quick to enjoy his fellowship because he loves us even though he knows everything about us. We should be quick to bring him our prayers because he knows beforehand what we need and wants to connect with us and get us on the same page. And we should never, ever go anywhere else first before in times of suffering we go to the great shepherd with our need. He's omniscient. We needn't lean on our own understanding but we can lean on him who is immortal, invisible, the only wise God. And here it is in one sentence. He knows us all better than we know ourselves and loves us passionately and so much so that he wants to spend eternity with every one of us. In the Bible, it says, and I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. God wants us to be with him forever. I remember reading someplace that if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on the door. (laughs) He loves you like that. And the beauty of it is we now know that he isn't loving us because he doesn't know what we're up to. He loves us in spite of everything. He loves us as we are, and he loves us way too much to leave us the way that we are. And that's why we come to church, isn't it? So we can learn more about him, become more like him, and enjoy the benefit of being in the forever family. Let me just say to you today, I know this God. He's faithful. In every situation you will ever face, God is faithful. And he wants to be faithful to you. And if you don't know him in a personal way, this may seem a little strange to hear a message like this because if you don't know God, you don't understand it. But you know God first by putting your trust in his son, Jesus Christ. And there's no better thing you could ever do than put your trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to constantly be reminding you of that because I never know who's listening. And maybe you listened before and you were almost at the edge of making that decision and just need a little bit more encouragement. So today, let me encourage you. Wherever you are, find a place where you can pray 
and just ask God to forgive you of your sin and to come into your life and give you the gift of eternal life, which he has promised to anyone who will ask for it. So it's confess your sin, repent of what you've done wrong, tell God you're sorry for what you've done, ask him to forgive you, and invite his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come and live within your life. If you do that, we'd like to help you get started in your new walk. We have some resources we'll send you absolutely free. Most of all, we just like to hear your story. Tell us what happened. Uh, this last week in church, we had a baptism, and a woman talked about how she began reading the book of Revelation. And as she read the book of Revelation, God got a hold of her heart. God is not stereotyped. He can, he can get to you a lot of ways. Always love to hear this story. And don't forget to join us tomorrow right here on this good station as we continue our discussion of the God you may not know. Our message today originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah. We'd love to hear how this ministry is impacting your walk. So please write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, RPO, Tawasin, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's book, The God You May Not Know, and take the journey from knowing about God to knowing God. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also stream more than 1,200 of Dr. Jeremiah's messages on demand on any screen with any streaming service. Turning Point Plus, all for a monthly gift of any amount. Visit turningpointplus.org. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, The God You May Not Know, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Do you long to know God better? In his book, The God You May Not Know, Pastor David Jeremiah walks readers through how to develop intimacy with God, discover his character, and encounter God's holiness. For a gift of any amount to Turning Point, you'll receive this inspiring book. Gifts of $55 or more will receive The Knowing Set, and gifts of $75 or more will receive The God You May Not Know Set. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca. In all we do each day, Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point work to make a global impact for the kingdom of God. But we can't do it alone. That's where Bible Strong Partners come in. These loyal monthly supporters form the foundation of Turning Point, allowing Dr. Jeremiah to teach the whole counsel of God. Partnering with Turning Point enables you to share in the eternal impact of this ministry, leading people to Christ through our media and printed resources, multiplying Bible teaching broadcasts, presenting the gospel around the globe, and strengthening the saints. In appreciation for your partnership, Turning Point wants to provide you with exclusive monthly resources and study guides, member-only communications, an on-demand library of study content, and so much more. Are you ready to see what the Lord will do? Let's expect to change the world together. Go to davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong to become a BibleStrong partner today. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. Does it surprise you that many of us develop relationships based upon our interests? If you see a gathering of people, there will usually be a common denominator that draws the individuals into the group. God gives people an innate desire to have relationships with others, and our hobbies and interests are a traditional place where that happens. The New Testament talks about the body of Christ in similar terms. 
an organism of like-minded souls who love and care about each other and who take pleasure in their mutual relationships. Too often, people seek in the world what God intended to be found among His people. This is David Jeremiah, encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's plan for relationships on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.